0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Story number one. This isn't quite my story, even though I was present. This took place in the year of 1995. I was about two years old, and my younger brother had yet to be born. My mother and father were traveling to Atlanta, Georgia, because my dad had a chance to move up in the company that he had been working for. My parents were young parents at the time. My dad was 22, and my mom was 21. They had been on the interstate all night, driving from South Florida, and I was fussy when I awoke in my car seat needing a change. So my father pulled into a rest stop, and he pulled right up to the bathrooms and briefly looked around. There was no cars or other people in sight, so he stood outside to smoke as my mother unstrapped me from the car seat and proceeded to take me inside. My dad has always been the paranoid type and always and still does carry a handgun wherever he travels, just in case of emergency. He collected the gun from under his driver's seat and proceeded to light a smoke. As he stood there puffing on his cigarette, he noticed a shadow detach itself from a far wall that had these bulletin posters all over it. Because of the angle that my dad had been standing at, he was slightly behind the car and hidden from view from the man who was now making his way across the parking lot. The man was tall, skinny, white-looking kind of guy, and he was dressed in all dark clothes, dark jeans, black hoodie, etc., my dad watched carefully as this guy looked slowly around the parking lot and then headed straight for the bathroom that my mom had just disappeared into with me my dad casually stepped out into the light and flashed the gun in his hand and with a gentle shake of his head he said not today apparently the guy stopped right in his tracks and stared at my dad somehow he hadn't noticed my dad's presence at all Possibly due to watching my preoccupied mother. The guy put his hands in the air and backed away slowly before hightailing it out of there. My dad hollered for my mother, and they got the fuck out of there. This has always been one of my favorite stories from my dad. I remember once asking him what he would have done if the man had just kept walking at him. My dad smiled grimly and said, Oh, well... He would have had to have killed me to get to you or your mom, but I would never have let that happen. So would-be rapist, let's not meet. Story number two. Back in 2005, when I was only 18, I had just dropped out of high school and I was living in Minnesota. It was about halfway through the school year, and I just did not have the credits that I needed to graduate. I had had some health problems my junior year, and I was altogether frustrated with my life at this point in time. I was more concerned with drinking than I was with school, so I dropped out. I bought a plane ticket, and I went to live for a while with my cousin and his girlfriend in Washington State. They lived in a town about an hour north of Seattle. I also had some friends that were about a year older than me living down in Seattle too. I would occasionally drive down to the city to spend a few days with them, go to concerts and things like that. After a particular stint in Seattle, I decided to head back north to my cousin's place. And me being the financially impaired individual that I was at the time, I left Seattle without a dollar to my name. As I'm getting on the road, I notice that I'm very low on gas. I figured I could make it, but of course, about 20 miles short of my exit, the car that I was driving begins to putter and gasp for more fuel. Lucky for me, or actually unlucky, I'm coming up on a rest area. So I pull in and I go to the payphone, and I begin to call the very few contacts that I had in the state. I had no money, so I had to call Collect. I get a hold of my cousin and he happens to be about three hours away in his hometown, and drunk no less. No luck there. So I call his girlfriend and she never answers. Everyone I know in Seattle doesn't own a car so I'm kind of screwed. My cousin said that he was coming home in the morning and he could pick me up on his way through, so it looks like I'm spending the night at this rest stop. I get settled with my seat reclined, using my hoodie as a blanket. I'm there for about 20 minutes when a van pulls into the rest area. It was one of those Chevy Astro vans. The van parks, and out gets your typical-looking Creeper. About 5'5", pudgy, balding, thick glasses. So Creeper begins walking around the parking lot area, glancing into all of the parked cars. There were about three other cars at the time. He walks slowly right in front of my car and then just stares at me. He stares for what seems like an hour. At this point in time, I'm pretty sure that my future definitely involves me being referenced in some kind of documentary about serial killers. So Creeper Guy then gets back in his van and he parks it so he's right behind me on the other side of the parking lot. I'm parked facing the bathroom area and he's parked right behind me but facing the wooded area. At this point, I'm no longer reclined or relaxed. I'm now sitting quite awake and I have not taken my eyes off this shithead. I can look in my side view mirror and I see him and he's just staring at my car. This goes on for about two hours. He would occasionally get out of his van and then just go stand in the woods in the darkness. But I could still tell that he was watching me because I could see the cherry on his cigarette light up as he would inhale. At this point, I'm pretty on edge and I have to piss like crazy. But there's no way in hell I'm going to walk into that bathroom with this guy around. I decided to call State Patrol and have them kick this guy out of here. So I ring the State Patrol and I tell them the situation and they say that they're gonna send a trooper over. I hang up the phone and I'm just kind of pacing around, all the while keeping one eye on this creepo. About 30 seconds later the payphone rings. I'm thinking maybe it's the State Patrol calling me back for some reason. So I answer the phone. Uh, hello? You. you wanna get your dick sucked? I just stood there in shock and silence. Come on, let me suck your dick. What the fuck? No, I slammed the receiver down. That damn creeper had the payphone number and was calling me from the woods. Now, I'm slightly terrified at this point. I'm kind of frozen, but ready to run a million miles per hour if necessary. I've got my eye on the woods, and the phone rings again. I can't decide whether to answer it or not. I don't want to miss the state patrol if they're calling me for some reason, so I answer. And I answer silently. Come on. Let me suck your dick. I don't want to have to hurt you. I could even give you some money now at this point this piece of shit has threatened me so I immediately go into rage mode I start quickly running for my car and that's when I remember that there's an axe handle in the back just for situations like this as I'm walking toward the car the creeper starts running out of the woods and is running towards me as I get to my car I grab the axe handle and I start toward this guy pointing it at him Get the fuck back in your van and get the fuck out of here, or I'm going to bash your skull in. He stops in his tracks and he just stares at me, kind of assessing me. He turns around and he gets in his van and slowly drives away, and he's still staring at me. I'm completely shaking due to the adrenaline, and when the trooper finally arrives, I tell him the whole story and he takes down my information and he says that he can drive up the highway with me to the Denny's so I can stay the rest of the night safely there. He asks if we can first go to the other side of the highway to see if the guy has just switched rest areas. I agree, and we pull into the rest area, and lo and behold, there's the van. The trooper approaches the van, and... He's talking to the guy for about five minutes, and I can tell the trooper is giving him the third degree, sticking his finger in his face and raising his voice. The trooper returns and tells me all about the situation. Apparently, there was nothing he could do to charge the guy at this point in time, which seemed odd to me. The guy had threatened me and was soliciting sex at a rest stop. The guy did not have a license. He claimed that a friend had dropped him off and he was just waiting for him to return. The trooper told him that if he was there when he passed back through, he would be arrested for trespassing, and if he or any other trooper saw him driving, he'd be arrested for not having a license. The trooper also told me that he had several pairs of binoculars and a large bag of candy in his front seat. So... I get dropped off at Denny's, and my cousin eventually picks me up, and I tell him the whole story. We kind of have a good laugh, being able to look back on it. We go back the next day with a can of gas to get my car, and you think that's the end of the story, right? Nope. So we arrive back at my car. And there was a note under my windshield wiper from that damn creeper, and it was written in the form of a poem. I can't remember how it exactly went, but it went something like this. You should have shut your mouth, you stupid little bitch. Somebody should have taught you to never go and snitch. You should go back and get on your mama's tit. And it went on for several more pages, but I can't remember more. The guy had cut the brake lines and everything he could underneath the car. We called the troopers again, and they came and took the note and took some more information, but it wasn't even my car. A friend of mine had been visiting from Minnesota and maybe wanted to buy a car and road trip back, but he decided against it. So he left the car and he said that I could use it and that he would make plans to get it later. I did not stay in Washington much longer after that. I spoke to an investigator one more time, but nothing ever came of it, and I don't know why that was, because they knew who the guy was and everything, but I was over it, and I just wanted to move on. For the rest of the short time that I was in Washington after this whole thing, my cousin and I would pull into every rest stop that we passed, hoping to find this guy. In retrospect, it's actually a good thing that we never saw him again, because We were dead set on seriously hurting him. Story number three. For starters, I am a 22-year-old female, and I currently live in Sweden. During the winter, the sun is only up for a few hours a day, so it's pretty much dark all the time when you're not in school or at work, and this is something I'm used to, but I'm not really afraid of the dark. So last year, I was out riding, and I was about 20 at this point. I live on a small farm with a bunch of cattle and a few horses, and I was helping my dad and my brother move some of the cows one afternoon. The sun had set a few hours prior, and the pasture that the cows were being kept in before, well, we had to move them because there was a broken fence, and it wasn't safe anymore since it had barbed wire on it. My horse at the time was three and a half years old so she was still a bit jumpy and she needed to learn the ropes. A young calf got separated from the group and I had to chase after it as my brother and dad had to stay with the rest of the cattle and after a few kilometers I had lost track of the calf since it was a really dense forest. I was walking on a small path with my horse named Destiny. I stopped and I looked straight into the woods and it was dark. I only had a small flashlight on my helmet, and I had a bigger one in my saddlebag. I couldn't even see anything, so I reached for my larger flashlight. And there's a lot of wild animals here, so I wasn't too surprised when Destiny stopped to look around. I thought maybe it was the calf, so I jumped off and I tied her to a tree while I went on by foot. I found the calf behind a bush, and it was still alive. but. Its belly and chest was cut open, and the intestines were laying all over the ground. I almost threw up at the sight, as I thought it was dead, but it began to wheeze and groan. I grabbed my knife to put it down, and when I had done so, I heard a branch snap right behind me. Now, there's only two things that step on branches in the woods, bears and humans, and there are no bears this far south. I turned around and I saw a tall figure with deer horns, standing next to a large tree. The eyes were glowing this bright light. I froze, not moving a muscle, and as I stood there, the thing moved closer, moving in and out of the trees. I soon snapped out of it, and I tossed my flashlight at the thing to try and scare it, and I began running back to destiny. I swear, I could hear the thing screech and hiss as I ran, but I did not look back. I did not want to. When I got to her, she was stomping her hooves on the ground, clearly upset, and I did not have time to untie her, so I just cut the rope, as I still had the bloody knife in my hand, and I threw myself onto her, and Destiny took off running. It was hard to see, since I only had the small flashlight on my helmet left, but I didn't care at all. All I could think of was getting back to my brother and my dad, or die trying. And even being the young horse that Destiny was, she perfectly skidded to a stop once we reached the herd, which by this time was in the barn house. I explained everything that happened, and my dad's face went completely pale. He grabbed his gun, and he took a few laps around the farmhouse with his horse, but he didn't find anything. Me and my dad stayed in the barn that night, afraid that that thing might go after the other animals. Luckily, it didn't. The next morning, we took out the tractor to go and pick up the remains of the calf and move him, as the remains were next to a jogging track. We finally found it, but there were only bones left. Not even the skin remained. I did find my flashlight, which looked like it had been crushed by something heavy. I have not seen or heard that horrible screech thing since, and I definitely avoid that jogging track at all costs after dark. I'm very grateful the Destiny did not tear herself loose that night, as the rope that she was tied with is designed to break if it had been pulled hard enough. I have no idea what would have happened to me if she had run back home, or what that thing even was. And honestly, I don't want to know. I'm just thankful that me and Destiny got back home in one piece. Story number four. Ever since I was a little kid, I've always suffered from night terrors, and I don't remember when they started, but my parents would tell me that I would always wake up screaming, covered in sweat, banging on their door in the middle of the night, claiming that someone was trying to get me. It got so bad that my parents eventually took me to go see a doctor, and he just said that I would eventually grow out of it, but that never happened. As I got older, the night terrors became more severe, and we're not talking about monsters hiding in the closet. I saw some very traumatizing things in my dreams. My entire family being murdered by an axe-wielding psychopath. My dog being devoured by a strange man with horns. Very fucked up stuff for a kid to try to deal with. I refused to go to bed for a long period of time, and my parents were worried sick about me. So they took me to go see a psychiatrist. She prescribed me some pills to take before bed, and she also encouraged me to write my nightmares down in a journal. By this time, I was about 12 years old, and after taking the medication for some time, the nightmares eventually stopped, and I was finally able to get a good night's rest. That was until the summer of 2015. I had just turned 17, and it started out like any other night for me. I got home around 11 at night, and I put on a movie to help me fall asleep. I was so tired, I can't remember exactly when I fell asleep. Suddenly, I sat up, frightened, and I frantically looked around my room, my eyes locked on the TV, which was still on. There was a slideshow of pictures of me switching out one by one. The images depicted me with blood running out of my eyes. Another showed my mother holding my decapitated head and smiling. It was a truly sickening feeling. I then heard a bang from the hallway, and my bedroom door burst open, and then everything went silent. Someone then emerged from the doorway holding a large knife, and then the unthinkable happened. Imagine watching a giant silhouette coming towards you holding a knife, and you can't move a muscle. My body froze in place. The figure closed in, and I struggled and struggled, but it was no use. I could feel my eyes widen as the knife was lifted up into the air, and as soon as the knife came down, I woke up. I sat up in bed trembling in fear, and I began having a panic attack. Needless to say, I did not sleep for the rest of that night. I still cannot explain how this happened after so many years. I have not had a nightmare like that since, but given my painful history with night terrors, I cannot say that it's not going to happen again. And that, my loves, is the end of story time with me today. I like to believe in everything aliens, cryptids, wendigo, skinwalkers. Anything and everything. But I'm curious if you, the listener, had the same viewpoint and we all look at it like it's real and you had the opportunity to choose just one to be able to actually see with your own eyes, which one would you choose? I kind of think I would want to go with a skinwalker. But I'd probably die a horrible death if that happened. (laughs) Also, thinking about aliens, do you think that aliens watch our reality TV shows and their advanced amazing spaceships? Do you think that they watch, like, Naked and Afraid and (laughs) A Thousand Pound Sisters? Wow. Just saying, if you haven't watched A Thousand Pound Sisters, All you need to do, just, (laughs) it's, I don't even know how to describe it, but all you need to do with your life, if you haven't watched it, is just YouTube the Tammy Slayton wedding and watch her sister Amy giving the toast. It is gold. It is peak humanity. We will not get better than that. But I don't even know what I'm going on about anymore. But thank you so much for hanging out with me. And I hope your nightmares are not too intense. I cannot wait to get to hang out with you again. Love you. Bye.